The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So could it be that the public enthusiasm for converting to electric cars is dimming somewhat? Neil Briscoe, motoring journalist with the Irish Times and CompleteCar.ie, wrote a very interesting piece about this that we want to talk to him and to Geraldine Herbert from the Sunday Independent about. Neil, just to start, given that the sales of electric vehicles continue to rise in Ireland, tell us a little bit about the international trend, which could be a worry. Well, there's certainly some, I don't know if you say concerning, but there's certainly some interesting figures coming out of the US market in particular, where uh, some analysts are starting to see longer times between the arrival of electric cars on dealer forecourts and when those cars finally get sold and actually go out to a customer. Uh, And in some cases, those have gone up significantly from less than 30 days in some instances, now up to as much as 100 days of these cars sitting around on forecourts. There's a lot of different factors playing into that. There's, you know, uh, orders that were kind of left over from 2020, 2021 and 2022 when cars were harder to come by. Uh, and now, you know, those people who've weren't able to buy cars then are able to buy cars now. And they're also able to shop around more. So that can be contributing to it. But there is definitely a sense that there is a cooling of our international ardour for electric cars at the moment. But what about in Ireland? Because I thought that you had to place an order, get your car and almost immediately as soon as it arrives in the dealership, you'll be able to get it rather than people wandering into a forecourt saying they'd like the look of a car and then discovering that they might have to wait months before they get it. Yeah, the Irish the Irish figures are, are are different to what we're seeing in the States and different to what we're seeing in Europe. We are a very different market after all. But there, there is one figure that stands out, which is if you look back at the first six months of 2022 compared to 2021, electric car sales in that time rose by a huge 95%. In the same period this year compared to 2022, they've gone up again but they've gone up by 69%. So there's definitely a change in the acceleration of the take-up of electric cars. Not quite a drop yet, but definitely a sense that perhaps all of the early adopters, the people who are keen on getting in on the ground floor of any new tech, have maybe had their fill for the moment, but electric cars haven't maybe quite broken through with broader society, with the, the vast bulk of car buyers. But yet, of all the cars purchased in Ireland in the first half of this year, how many were electric vehicles, fully electric, and how many were hybrid? Uh, according to the figures from the Society of the Irish Motor Industry, uh, SIMI, uh, in the first half of this year, 13,400, uh, sorry, 14,297 uh, full EVs were sold as compared to 13,462 hybrids. But Petrol engine cars are still the dominant species, 24,676 of those sold. Okay, Geraldine Herbert from Sunday Independent. Why do you think the people are still going for petrol and diesel in preference to electric or hybrid? I think there's a number of issues, uh, Matt, and as, as Neil is rightly pointing out, what, we, what we're looking at in the, the market at the moment is, is strong sales, but that market share is not growing as rapidly as it was. And, you know, petrol is the dominant, um, the dominant share at the moment. What we, what we see is people moving 
from hybrid to electric, but that diesel chair is moving to petrol. And I think it's the price of electric cars is still putting people off. I think the, the infrastructure is still, you know, the more queues we see at filling stations for electric car charges, and we're seeing an awful lot more of that in the last while, and people are filling their petrol and diesel cars, they're probably thinking, I'm glad I'm not there. They're looking at people sitting for, you know, 20 to 30 minutes or whatever. So all of these things are putting people off. And I think, you know, the, the charging network and the price are, are really the key issues. Also, the running costs are a factor at the moment because obviously electric costs are quite high. I know petrol and diesel prices are going to go back up again with excise being reinstalled in, in September and October. But at the moment, that, that, that you know, gap between running a petrol and diesel car versus an electric car has narrowed significantly, particularly if you're depending on the public charging network. Yeah, let's just, there's a lot of things here to talk about. Let's, let's run through them. Let's start with the public charging network because could it be, Geraldine, that there's a lot of people still concerned that if they do go for a drive, this range anxiety, it's not just down to whether they'll actually find a recharging spot. It's to whether it's going to be available, given that there are now so many more electric cars on the road. Yeah, that's a big problem. And I think while we know that 80% of charging happens at home, I think the summertime has really thrown a spotlight on the charging network because there's more and more people on the move. There's more people, therefore, depending on the charging network. We also have visitors from abroad, obviously, who have brought their own cars and they're driving. Some of them are driving electric cars because obviously we're not the only countries with ambitious targets. So I think that's really throwing a spotlight on the charging network. The other issue is in a lot of the filling stations when they become busy at you know lunchtime and t- times like that, people tend to park in the charging um, point so therefore, you know, your app might say that the, the, the point is free, you get there and you realise that somebody's sitting there, they're not even charging, they're not even an electric car. So there's all sorts of issues like that around the charging network at the moment. And then again, Neil, you also have a lot of people who simply don't have off-street parking available to them in their house. And we also have a deliberate expansion of our apartment network around the country, particularly in urban areas where the bulk of new buildings apartments. And how difficult can that make it for residents in those apartments to get electric vehicle uh, charging points? Well, I'm one of those people who lives in a terraced house. I don't have any parking in front of my place. Um, I still don't have an electric car charging point, even though I'm constantly testing new EVs and new plug-in hybrids as part of my work. So it's, uh, I can tell you from a personal perspective, it's incredibly frustrating and occasionally ruinously expensive if you are dependent on the public charging network. Uh, and I was recently in Sweden, uh, in Stockholm, in a suburb of Stockholm, uh, was walking around and noticed that there was uh, an older 1980s Volvo parked in front of an electric car charging point. And I thought, well, that's not great. And then I noticed that none of the electric car parking bays were marked because there were so many electric charging points on the curbside. You didn't need to mark the bays out because there was always going to be a free point whether someone had parked another electric car or whether someone had parked an internal combustion car there. That's the kind of thing we need to be aiming at and that's the kind of thing that we're just nowhere near at the moment. But Neil, other issues, could there be for some of those who are environmentally concerned an issue as to whether these cars really are that more sustainable than the petrol or diesel engines because a lot of people are concerned about the mining of the elements required for the electric battery and are also worried about what happens to it when it runs out and also making the point that you still have to manufacture the shell of the car which may be coming from as far away as China so what real environmental saving is there in one of these cars? 
I have to say, Matt, that's just garbage. Uh, and anyone who's saying that is 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 either not paying attention to what's going on, or is actively trying to talk down electric cars for some reason. The the simple fact, and this has been constantly researched and presented by very eminent scientists and research institutes around the world, is that an electric car is always going to be cleaner than a combustion car. Yes, there are energy inputs and therefore emissions associated with the building of the batteries, with the mining of the materials, with the shipping of the cars. All of that is outweighed by the fact that you do not put out any emissions other than emissions from tires and brakes when you drive. It is simple mathematics that an electric car is always going to be better from a CO2 emissions point of view at the very least than a combustion engine car. And then, Gerlin, what about the argument that some people put forward that you should run your existing car into the ground, that you should get the absolute maximum out of it, even if it is a diesel car from uh, previous decades? Um, the advice on that one really is it depends on the sort of mileage you do. So if you don't use it an awful lot, yes, it probably doesn't justify replacing it. But if you do a lot of mileage, no, it's you know you're still damaging the environment because it's still it's still uh, putting out pollutants constantly while it's on the road. I mean, that's the difference between petrol and diesel versus electric cars. While there's a heavy intensive load for both of them being manufactured, they continue to, to emit um, while on the road. So unless you're doing very low mileage, it can, you can't really justify it. Now, what about the international trends, Neil, in relation to pricing as well and production of these cars? Production has, generally speaking, very much recovered across the board in the sort of last six to 12 months. We were obviously in a situation not so long ago where cars were not being built because of the shortage of computer chips that was affecting all uh, forms of manufacturing around the world, not just the car industry. That has eased hugely. Uh, So generally speaking now, if you go into a dealership in Ireland and you order a new electric car, you should be able to get it within a few weeks unless you've got a very complicated and specific order which takes time to be built in the factory or whatever Uh, but generally speaking there's very good availability of new EVs at the moment. In terms of pricing they're still pretty stubbornly expensive. There are some more affordable models on the market now like the Fiat 500e and the Volkswagen e-up both of which cost uh, just under 25,000 euro although they are quite short-ranged cars. In the next couple of years we should start to see cars like Volkswagen's new ID2 and new MG models arriving on the market, offering in and around 400 kilometers of range for price tags, hopefully, theoretically, of less than €27,000. But that's still a case of we have to suck it and see and, and wait and see what arrives on the market. But then, Geraldine, what about the issues in relation to resale value in the second-hand market and also the provision of government grants to assist in what is an expensive initial purchase? Yeah, I suppose two things. Number one, we have a huge shortage of second-hand EVs. There's no doubt about that. We just haven't sold enough new ones to percolate into the second-hand market. There's huge demand for EVs and for used EVs, though. I do think there is a bit of reluctance on people's behalf about the batteries. There is worry there, but people should be reassured. I mean, you can get the battery checked before you buy it. You're not buying blind. In terms of the grants, where obviously we saw 1,500 being cut in July. I mean, the likelihood is they're going to be cut completely. I think myself that's a really bad idea because if we look at the UK, where they've been removed from consumer um, consumer buyers and no longer get any grants 
the what's driving the big um, sales figure in the UK is basically fleets and businesses that are still heavily incentivised, but definitely it's damaged. Removing the grants has damaged the sales of consumer EVs, and we will see exactly the same thing here. So I think that's that's a worry going forward. Neil, we also have this government objective of a million electric vehicles on the roads by 2030. But at the same time, the government is emphasising a priority in investment in public transport and a downgrading of the spend on roads by comparison. Could that be an environmental reasons as well, be an issue where a lot of people might decide no car at all, that be it electric or be it petrol or diesel, that they can get by with public transport? Yeah, and I don't think that's an unhealthy thing at all. You know, even speaking as a dyed-in-the-wool car nut, 20, 30 years ago when I lived and worked in London, I never drove into the city centre because why would you? There was a world-class public transport system to take you in and out nice and easily and relatively affordably. Uh, and that's still the case in, in, in many con- uh, many cities, I should say, around Europe. It's arguably not so much the case in Dublin. It's certainly not the case in, in Cork or Galway or Limerick. We are still a car-dependent nation, and I, I fear we still will be until we see some genuine investment and innovation in public transport here uh, and in other things like uh, you know the, the, the much-vaunted act travel. We're not going to see much of that until we start designing and planning our cities properly. Okay, and do you think that we will move towards that, that there will be a million electric vehicles on the road by 2030, Geraldine, or is that an unrealistic expectation? I think most people would agree it's a highly, highly ambitious target. I think we're probably likely to meet the 2025 targets, which are much more realistic, and it's by the end of 2025 that we would have 181,000 or 180,000 on the roads. But I think I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't agree that it's a very, very ambitious target. OK, and just to finish with you, Neil Briscoe uh, from the Irish Times, uh, in the immediate term, I mean, how many more electric cars would you expect in the next years? Is it going to be slow acceleration before we get to a stage where actually you won't have an alternative but to buy an electric car? No, that's going to happen really, really quickly. In the next four to five years, you're going to see more and more manufacturers uh, across Europe going electric only in their ranges. We are seeing the dwindling days of combustion engine cars, whether you mean petrol or diesel. There will presumably, and I I would say hopefully, still be a handful of cars uh, from the 2030s onwards running on zero carbon e-fuels, if those can be made at an affordable level. But, you know, if you're buying within the next four or five years, start thinking about buying electric because that's what's that's what's going to be offered. Neil Briscoe from the Irish Times and CompleteCar.ie and Geraldine Herbert, motoring editor of the Sunday Independent. Thank you both for being with us here on The Last Word at Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.